0: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's great that the Astros are glad they got Roberto Asuna. But I'm sure a lot of people are, are more excited that they got more money in their pocket. If you went to mybookie.ag and bet against the Astros the last two games, you probably made a whole lot of money. And for some of you that didn't do it, there's time, still time to do it. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo codes CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, and they match your first deposit. So given how the series has gone, there's two games. There may be two games left. Maybe three. Who knows? May go to seven. Go get some in your pocket right now while you can, though, because the series is going back to Washington. Again, go to my bookie. You bet. You win. You get paid. All right, guys. Welcome in. It's Vlad Harris here on their Panther Ants podcast. This is going to be a very Short podcast because, well, for one thing, I have no freaking voice. I'm congested as hell and I can barely speak. But we'll get through it, like we always do. I just got done talking about um, the Roberto Osuna thing and my um, thing with um, my bookie. And let's be honest, guys. I mean... I shouldn't have to start out with this. You know, I live down in Houston, and when they uh, covered this, it was was pretty awkward, let's just say, because the radio hosts didn't know how to talk about it. They knew that this was a big calculated risk because they're getting a guy who, although he wasn't um, convicted or found guilty of what he did, there's still a lot of questions there that weren't answered, and if I'm not mistaken, the, his the person his accuser, I guess, had to go, had to leave the country. I think is how it went. So he never really, you know, there was he was really, never really, I guess, put under fire. The Astros took a big risk on him last year. Obviously, they ran to a hot Red Sox team and. They didn't win the World Series and this story for the most part took a, um, a backseat. People just forgot about that they had Osuna. and for, you know ever since he's been to Houston, he's been very low profile and um, he's pretty much stayed out of trouble and you know he just he's not really talked about. It. he's been playing well for the he has been pitching well. And so when your talents are really good, then yeah, those things happen. It was all going well for him until they won the ALCS this year. And his GM had to, um, you know, brag about how glad they were to got Taubman. I'm sorry, Osuna. It was Toddman that uh, made the comment. Um, I, I mean, I haven't seen any, any film. But there's plenty of witnesses on how he did it, and rumor has it that I guess one of the pe- persons there, I guess, has written about, this, about the Astros signing him or trading for him. And I guess he obviously had a bone to pick with, with some of these people. For me, I feel bad for the Astros because... They won the LCS. They worked their asses off. They played 170 plus games, and they're, they're going to the World Series. And really, it should be a it should be a celebration of them going to the World Series. Instead, it turns into this. It, you know, their assistant GM had to go ahead and run his mouth, and now the Asuna story is a, is a story again. But yeah, this whole—I mean, when he was tr- traded, when he, when he got traded to Houston, the coverage was kind of awkward because they didn't know how to go about it. And I know, you know, one morning show in Houston, the guys got into a big argument over it. where it led to one. where it led to one that was getting mad and leaving the leaving the studio, mainly because the argument. The argument was, I believe, the one guy was Seth Payne said that. You know, if for if for as he has to go somewhere else and get a job, you know, not in baseball. Then so be it. You know, if, and their person arguing, you know, by having giving him, giving him a second chance, and that's you know, obviously a bullet over. And now they're down two games and none. I'm not gonna say it's karma. I mean, A.J. Hinch handled it pretty well and said the right things because he knows he has a, a clubhouse to manage and he can't have this type of distraction. Personally, I would fire the guy for what he did because he, you know, they could find another person to replace Tom and he, he fucked up. He screwed this up. It should have been about the players... He made it about him, and now look where it's at now. So, whatever goodwill the Astros did in 2017, winning the World Series after a hurricane and being these great guys, it's all gone now. It was on it was on you know rough waters last year when they signed Osuna, but it went away because they didn't win the World Series and it was pretty much forgotten about. But now we're back in it again, and now it's... They're in a world of pain right now. And now they have to go back to Washington down 2 because they started their two aces, and look what happened. They lost both games. Game one, they could have had. Game two, they just got blown out. Oh, my God. I mean... I feel for Bryce Harper. Well, not really. I mean, he I don't think no one should feel bad for Bryce Harper. He's getting paid. And who knows? He may get a World Series for the Phillies. But now his former team is now two games away from this. Anyways, guys, let's get back to uh, Pitt football. pitt got Miami this week. It's a noon kickoff, so, you know, Friday night. Try not to get too hammered. Because you have to get up Saturday morning, but hey, you know you get the tailgate in the morning. Plenty of time to drink, or if you don't drink, plenty of time to celebrate. It's homecoming, or is it, or should we say, ham coming. Uh, Pitt Twitter is having their hell their hellgate. If you're looking for somewhere to go, they're going to have uh, Doran Dickerson, Bill Stallers are guests. Uh, look at follow the Willard years at the Willard years. He's got it all mapped out and all the information. So if you're looking for somewhere to hang out, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're not a Pitt fan, if you want to go get a do a tailgate, have some beers with some people, meet some, you know, meet some people, go check it out. I mean, it's a great just for the pictures, it looks like it's a great thing. It's a fun thing. I probably would do it if I lived there. You know, still live in Pittsburgh. So yeah, go check it out. As far as this game goes. It depends on which Miami team Pitt faces. Is it going to be the Miami team that faced Virginia? Or is it the be the one they face Georgia Tech? Because Georgia Tech beat Miami on trick plays because Miami's secondary is horrible. They have great athletes. They just can't cover anybody. Their, their front seven is going to be stout, as the, as always, because that's Miami. So Pitt's going to have a hard time running the ball against them. But Pitt's going to have to throw the ball again. And they got to protect Kenny Pickett because they're going to come at him. But if you've done some ring on Miami, you've noticed that uh, Manny Diaz, he's lost his team and um, there's a lot of mutiny going on in the locker room right now. So there's a good chance pick a lock out in this game and they can win it because this team may have quit on their coach. And the quarterback situation is unstable because they're shuffling quarterbacks. One quarterback is very mobile, but he can't read coverages. He turns the ball over. And the other one, he holds on the ball too long and takes sacks. So it depends on which guy that they, um, that they use. I don't know which one they're going to use at all, but um Offensively, they're averaging 40 yards a game. They're close to us. They're averaging 270 yards passing, 129 yards rushing. Their defense is very similar to ours, similar numbers. So th- I look for this to be a low-scoring game. Right now, Miami's plus 5.5. They're, they're, they're underdogs in this game. Over and under is 43. I think, it goes, I think it goes under. I just don't see this, you know... this doing any more than what it is. It's going to be a low-scoring game. Let's hope Pitt pulls it out. And obviously the keys are going to be, well, protecting Kenny Pickett, scoring, and scoring in the second half because they need to do that. Not making not making mistakes on um, defense and special teams because Miami, they got really good athletes. They can make us pay on kickoffs and punt returns. And, of course, we can't turn the ball over. So we're, to, we're going to be disciplined as hell because although Miami isn't good, they're still Miami, and we, have, we always have all these kind of problems with them. And if Pitt wins, well, we stay alive in the Coastal Division. Now look at the rest of the ACC slate. we got Syracuse and Florida State. That should be a fun game, actually, probably a high-scoring one. I think Hughes wins it, though. Florida State's just, they're a dumpster fire. Virginia and Louisville, this should be an interesting one. Uh, well, it depends. I mean, Louisville, after they won a few games, people were hyping them up. But they may get some more hype after this one, depending on how things go. They have, you know, their offense was existing against Clemson last week after they score so many points. But, you know, for Virginia, it depends on Bryce Perkins, on how he does. They're going to get a big game from him. You know, Virginia's three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, a lot of people, I would love to see Louisville win this one. We all do. I think Virginia wins it, though. Duke and North Carolina, it's not, it's not exactly your basketball rivalry. It's football. Duke got hammered last week by Virginia, which surprised the hell out of me. And North Carolina took a a loss as well. I don't know. I'm probably going to go with... um, It's at North Carolina. I think I'll go with Duke. Boston College and Clemson. That's a no-brainer. Clemson's going to beat the crap out of Boston College. And as we look at the rest of the top 25... SMU placed Houston tonight. night. Houston's got a bunch of guys red and it's a bunch of mutiny there. I think uh, SMU wins this one. They cover the 13 and a half. Houston last week struggling, struggling against UConn. They barely won that one, 24-17. Score one for Randy Anselm. Wisconsin-Ohio State. This was an intriguing matchup. Two weeks ago, but then Paul Christ went Paul Christ and they lost to Illinois in the last seconds. Now it's 13th ranked Wisconsin against Ohio State and the, the point spread's fourteen and a half. 14 and a half. I think Ohio State wins and covers. I don't think Wisconsin has the right answer for them right now. Auburn LSU, this is a big match up here at 330. 30 for my time. Auburn's ninth ranked, LSU 7-0. I got to go with LSU in this one. They're riding high right now. I don't think Auburn has the talent to stop them. Penn State, Michigan State, both good defenses. Michigan State's offense has been dismal, and I don't see it getting better for them. Penn State rides in as a, as a six and a half point favorite. You know, Michigan's coming off a, a 30-0 loss to Wisconsin. And a 34-10 loss to Ohio State. So if you look at the trends here, unless Michigan State has matched, we figured something out, Penn State should blow them, blow them out with no problem. I think, I think Michigan State's defense keeps it close for a while, but then that's that. Notre Dame of Michigan, Notre Dame's eighth rank going against nineteenth rank Michigan. I don't know. I like Michigan this one. After what I saw last week against Penn State, they may have it together. It's at Michigan. I think Michigan takes it. And of course, you have the Pac-12 after dark, and there's really nothing much there. Oregon, they should beat Washington State pretty good. Uh, her have, they should take care. Of, her in Arizona State should take care of UCLA with no problem as well. And there's Utah 12th rank. There's quietly Utah's quietly marching in. Oh. Let me give you some guys some more information here. Um, also make sure you go to my booking and do your first deposit. They have plenty of stuff to bet on, whether it's you know the World Series, college football, NBA basketball's back. Plenty of fun things to bet on. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some O.J. Simpson bets you can bet on. Who knows? But uh, as far as the Hellgate, here's what I got for you guys. Uh, the Willard Years, at the Willard Years, um, the time is 8 a.m. on Saturday. Scorn, Dorn, and Bill Stahl will be live. 937 The Fan on, lo- on location. So look at this, you guys. 937 The Fan is going to be on location talking to the Hellgate. So, you got a chance to be on the freaking radio. I mean, look at that. He's got he's got two celebrities, and he's got a fucking radio station coming in and covering this. And he's got breakfast tacos and bring your own beer, and he, everybody's invited. And he's got an, all mapped out of where to where to meet. He's got the weather. I mean, the guy's got everything. I mean, good lord, he's got. Two pit grates, the fan, breakfast tacos, and you got to bring, bring your own beer if you got it. Take a six-pack or something, or take a bottle. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with this. Also, guys, it's also been five years since pit, um, unveiled the return of pit script. Obviously, it happened in 2014. I remember that day, I it was, it was yesterday, where, you know, the decals were being put on and we saw the helmet for the first time and Steve Pearson announced that we were going back to this and this was going to be our brand forever. Steve obviously was feeling a lot of heat at this time because, well, things were just going really, really bad. The Paul Christ era was a clusterfuck. I mean, we had a really good offense. Our defense was bad. And I think the day of that game, it was against, the day we had the, fir- the first script game, it was against Georgia Tech. Pitt fell down 20-0 early in the game. And I think, I think we also, beforehand, we had, he had festivities as well. He brought in a band to play, and I forget who the hell it was. Was it Eve Six? It was some of an obscure alternative band from the early 2000s, I forget. It may have been Eve 6, I think. Definitely not the Clarks. But I do remember when this uh, when this came back. And, and, you know, not too long after that, Pearson was gone and then Pat Narduzzi came in and then we got, you know... Well, we got Jeff Long. Not Jeff Long, shit. That was Pearson 1. Oh, yeah, we got Scott Barnes eventually. And we all knew how, how how that worked out. I mean, you know, there were some things he did, but, of course, he he destroyed the basketball program single-handedly with one bad hire. Well, he hired him. He destroyed it, but then he left in the middle of it. He just gave Stallings a job and said, okay, I'm going, bye. But for Peterson, this was a kind of a, a last-ditch effort for him because morale was very low. And they wanted him gone, so this was his way of trying to win back his uh, his base. And it just fell miserably. I think that if we if we had kept if it had held on Steve Pierce until at least one more year, we could have gone on. We could have got the on campus staying back. I, be, I believe we could have. But without his leadership, we probably don't get in the ACC. I think if we I think if we if we would have held on to him the first time where he didn't go to Nebraska, we probably would have been in the ACC already. But he went to Nebraska, tried to do the same things in Nebraska that they did at Pitt and it didn't work out. They um you know firing a firing a firing a longtime um coach for winning ten games. You know, Frank Solich won ten three his final year at Nebraska. And Pearson fired him. I mean, the guy was well respected, but to uh, Pierce's credit, Nebraska hasn't been any better since then. I mean, they had some they had some decent years under Bo Pelini, but that's about it. Now, they're, now Nebraska football is a dumpster fire. But order has been restored. We got the script. We got the we got we got everything back almost. Of course, I love an on-campus stadium, but I don't know. I think we should just keep all that riffraff on the North Shore. I just think if we bring in an on-campus stadium, things could go really bad for us in Oakland. And I, you know, with the, with the way we with the way we develop things these days, where we bring in something like that, we have to add like you know uh, cheesecake factories and all the overpriced food, foodie places, and then building high rises that no one can afford because who the hell wants to live there? Yeah, I just don't see it happen. Oh, well, guys, enjoy the weekend out of pit. Bye.